Uh, turn to Matthew chapter 14. We're going to be reading verses 15 through 21. And I want to talk for just a few moments on the subject of hunger and thirst. Hunger and thirst is a, a word that God has just been, just keeps bringing back to me and uh, have not been able to escape this word. And I believe uh, that it is the word for this season that God is moving in a special way. And if you are hungry and thirsty, then you will be filled. That's what the scripture says. And so uh, I'm excited about that. Let's read this together. When it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, this is a deserted place and the hour is already late. Send the multitudes away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves food. But Jesus said to them, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. Look at your neighbor and say, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, we have here only five loaves and two fish. And he said, bring them here to me. Then he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass. And he took the five loaves and the two fish. And looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples. And the disciples gave to the multitudes. So they all ate and were filled, and they took up 12 baskets full of fragments that remained. Now those who had eaten were about 5,000 men, besides women and children. I found myself this week at times tearing up, just enjoying the presence of God, enjoying His handiwork as we look out across the sea and we see what God can do and how amazing he is just in his creation. And as I begin to kind of look at the last few weeks, there has been a shift or a change in a season for the church. Ever since what happened at Asbury happened, the words hunger and thirst have not left my mind. They are on my heart. They are deep inside of the spiritual well inside of me are the words hunger and thirst. You see, I believe something happened on that morning when just a few of the students decided just one more song, just one more time of prayer. You see, I believe there was a tipping of the scales in the spiritual realm and that God began to do something in a new season. Look at your neighbor and say, we're in a new season. One more song, one more time of prayer. You see, what I see is that God always responds to a hungry and a thirsty heart. He will never leave us seeking more of Him. He will always pour out more of himself and of his spirit than we can physically uh, contain. And God is moving in a new season. Many are asking, is this revival? Honestly, I don't care. Right. Because what I see is a people who are desperate. 
God. Generation of young people who are tired of the status quo. Who want to know God. Who want to have a deeper relationship with Him. Many ways the youth and the young people of our nation have been left out, been left to fend for themselves as, as we uh, centered on ourselves and COVID and all the things and oh we can't do this and we can't go there. But God desires to move no matter what is going on in the world. There is a spirit of revival that is going across this world. But are you satisfied with the status quo? Or are you hungry, thirsty for more of God? Is your heart stirred inside for a move of God's spirit? Are you believing for God to manifest himself through miracles and signs and wonders because he still does those? Are you believing for an end time harvest of souls? I came in this morning and I had that hobby and, and, and there's more than just the front of this cross now that is filled. There's some on the back side, but I believe that God is moving in a harvest time in these last days and that a repentance, a spirit and a movement of repentance is coming upon this nation. In this story, the multitude of people were seeking out Jesus. He had left. He had gone into a boat with his disciples. He had gone off from them, but yet somebody heard that Jesus was going to be somewhere else. How many knows that it's always good to know that Jesus is going to show up? And they followed him by foot, and they made it there before he did. Even on the ship, multitudes of people coming to see Jesus. Isn't that what we're seeing now? Multitudes of people. I believe that's what's happening across not just little town of Asbury, but across this uh, region and, and throughout this nation as uh, literally uh, hundreds of people, thousands of people, colleges that are being bombarded by people who want to go and to see and to seek after Jesus. It's a great time. Multitudes of people seeking after Jesus. Seeking is a part of revival. Seeking is a part of revival. You see, when we come with a heart that wants to see Jesus, wants to know Jesus, and wants to be deeper into a relationship with him, then God will respond. When we come seeking after Jesus, for seeking is a part of revival. Are we seeking after the Lord? Are we desiring more of his presence? Are we giving him more of us? Are we, uh, like John says in his scripture, uh, is it more of him and less of us? God wants to manifest himself. He's looking to manifest himself among the people who are seeking for him. Look at this story. John the Baptist has just been beheaded. And Jesus hears the news. It's his cousin. And they 
go off to a remote place for a time of rest and emotional healing. This story is found in all four of the Gospels, which tells me that the Holy Spirit is uh, impressing upon the hearts and lives of Matthew and Mark and Luke and John that there's something deep within this uh, story that people need to hear. The disciples are so busy, the Word tells us, that they can barely find a time to eat. They deserved a break. Jesus deserved a break. But when Jesus saw the crowd, the scripture tells us he was moved with compassion and he healed their sick. You see, when we seek after Jesus or seeking as a part of revival, then he shows up in healing for healing is a part of revival. When God shows up in his presence, healing is a part of revival that comes as we seek after God. And he comes and he heals all of their sick. And then it tells us that that same crowd stayed with him all day long. How many would stay all day long to hear the word of God? And you're seeing more and more of this. Now don't get concerned. Pastor Brian is not going to preach and teach the word of God all day long. But the word of God is a part of revival. When people are drawn back to the word of God, that is a true sign of revival. When people want to know what God is saying, what God is doing, how God is moving, they go to his word, and his word is a source of revival, renewal, and strengthening of their soul, and their heart, and their mind. And the disciples are tired. Anybody ever been tired? You might be there now. Worn out. And they see the same thing that Jesus sees. A crowd that is seeking after him. But their response is definitely different. Yeah. And they say, Jesus, you know what's going on. Can I paraphrase? You know what's going on. We came here to rest. We came here to get apart with you. We came here to recoup from the loss of John the Baptist. We came here uh, that we might be re-strengthened. And that's not a word, but we might be strengthened and that we might uh, be uh, endued with power. And then Jesus sent them away. Huh. Sent them away. Can't deal with it. Can't deal with it anymore. And Jesus responded to them, they don't need to go away. They don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. The disciples were quick after this to point out their insufficiency and their lack. We don't have enough. By the way, this is, like I said, contained in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So if you don't see it here, I'm coming from those other places. We don't have enough. Even if we had enough, where would we find food in a deserted place for this many people? Send them away, Lord. We can't do this. You're asking too 
Jesus, send them away. But you don't need to send them away, he says. You give them something to eat. You see, I want, what I want us to see this morning is that there is a principle at work here in this message. And that principle is simple, that Jesus responds to a genuine hunger. That ought to be good news. For if you are hungry and you are thirsty and you want more of God and you're tired of the status quo in your life and you need a deeper depth and a higher height, then Jesus will respond to that genuine hunger and he'll show up and he'll show out and he'll do the miracles that you need in your life and he will fill you up. He responds to genuine hunger. Not just I'm going to show up and whatever happens, happens. But I'm determined to get a hold of the Lord. I'm hungry. The problem is, is that we don't really understand what it means to be hungry in the United States. There is a, in the physical realm, we rarely lack anything to eat. Now, this is good coming from a pastor that went on a cruise, which is a floating buffet. But we don't really understand what it is to go hungry in the physical. Oh, we may have fasted for a few days or a few meals, but we're not really hungry. And in the physical realm, there is a matching spiritual realm. That if you do not really hunger and thirst, then you will not uh, uh, be able to participate in what God is about to do. You'll be left on the fringe because the hungry and thirsty are going to push their way in. Hear me. The hungry and thirsty will be filled. That's what the Bible says. Matthew 5. They will not go lacking. But do you want to be left on the fringe? Or do you want to press into the buffet that is Jesus? Do you want to reach out and get a hold of the horns of the altar, as the Bible declares in the Old Testament, and get a hold of God and consume what he has for you? If you are not hungry, I'm not talking to you this morning. Are you hungry? Oh, Lord. My desire is to Wet your appetite for what God is doing in these last days. Jesus will never send you away empty. If you pursue him, if you pursue his word, if you pursue his presence, the Bible is emphatic that you will be filled. How do you know if you are sick in the physical? Many times there is a clear indicator that you have lost your appetite. I just don't feel like eating today. I'm not feeling that well. I'm afraid if I eat something that it's going to turn, it's going to not be a good thing. And so when we lose that physical appetite, it's a clear indicator that something is wrong in the physical realm. Hear me. When we lose that appetite in the spirit realm, it's an indicator 
that something is wrong. Something is wrong. Why would I not want to eat and consume spiritually? Maybe because I'm already full of junk. Come on. I ate too many brownies. I ate too many cookies. I ate something that was just a spark but will not fill me up and will not give me the capacity nor the energy to keep moving forward spiritually. I come to church and I got a snack in the church service. But I, I never really got a hold of the meat of the word of God. Somebody help me out preaching this morning. You see, I never really got uh, consumed by the Spirit. I, I never really said, God, take all of me that I might be filled with all of you. There's a reason. This morning, search your heart. If you're not hungry and thirsty for God, there's something wrong. Something lacking. Maybe we've filled up on the world fleshly appetites, things that satisfy our eyes but leave no room for God or the plan of God. In the 80s, there was a group called U2. They sing a song. I remember it. I'm an 80s kid. Love some of the 80s music. And it simply says this, but I still haven't found what I'm looking for. I still, can you, you hear the words in your mind? But I still haven't found what I'm looking for. I've consumed everything I know of the world. All of its pleasures. All of its plans for me. But I'm still, uh, I'm still looking for something. I've still not found what I'm looking for. I'm missing something. There's something deeper than my heart and my soul, and it's missing, and I'm desirous, and I'm hungry for more of something, but I don't know what it is. I haven't found what I'm looking for. And this author of the song, I don't know who it is, is clearly and distinctly describing a hunger that cannot be satisfied by earthly means. The world will never satisfy us. There is a part of us that can only be filled by God as we hunger and we thirst for Him. I believe that's what happened in that uh, uh, chapel in Asbury. Those students mimicking their parents have probably sought after everything and come up empty and come up desired David talks about this in his Psalm 63, 1-5. You see, David is running from Saul. He's in the wilderness. Times are desperate. He is in need. But he understands what he needs. He, he's not still searching for something. He's not still looking for something. He understands that there is a need in this life and that is more of God. So he says, oh God, you are my God. 
Sometimes we have other gods in our life. My God, early will I see you. It's the heart of a hungry person. Breakfast is one of my favorite meals. I get up and I'm ready to eat. David says, early will I seek you. Seeking is a part of revival. David understood that, that he had to, uh, by his spirit man, that he had to overcome the flesh and he must seek after God and not all the other things. My soul thirsts for you. Anybody ever been really thirsty? When you're really thirsty, Diet Coke doesn't cut it. When you're really thirsty and you've been working hard and you've been sweating, you need a cold glass of refreshing water. Nothing else will satisfy. That purity of the water will satisfy and quench that thirst. He says, my soul longs for you. My soul Longs after you. There's something missing inside of me. And I've just got to have more of you, Jesus. I need more of you. Not less. Not an alternate supply that the world says is going to help you. No, I need more of Jesus. I need more of him. I long my spirit. If I listen to my spirit, man, it says, give me something to eat that comes from God. And nothing else will satisfy. Flesh longs for you. A dry and thirsty man. Where there is no water. My friends, if that does not describe this world today, then I don't know where we are. We're in a place that is dry and thirsty. Where it's tried everything but the one thing that will make a difference. Seek after me. Thirst after me. Long after me is what God is saying. You want to see revival on this land? Those are the keys. The disciples saw the crowd, but they saw the impossibility. They, they didn't really understand that Jesus is the bread of life. He provides for both the body and the soul. And they wanted to let the crowd fend for themselves. I understand that. But he says, you give them something to eat. Look at your neighbor and say, you've got the answer. His name is Jesus. You've got the answer. Here is a little boy, a little boy, a young person, maybe not quite a teenager, but he shows up with something in his hand. There's a lesson there. What are you going to bring to the Lord? But the disciples, again, only see the lack. I challenge you not to see the lack, but to see the divine supply of God. Pastor, how are we going to build that church out there on the property? I don't know how this little group of people is going to do it. No matter. For if Jesus said to do it, and I believe he did, then we shall do it. 
through his power and through his supply. So I challenge you, don't look at the light, but look at the supplier. What is this little lunch among so many people? Can I tell you that regardless of how little we have to offer to God, he can multiply it and meet the need if we just give it to him. What are you holding back? Why are we holding back? What has God given to you? What supply for the kingdom are you holding back because you're worried about yourself? Come on, I'm preaching now. But when we put ourselves first, then nothing will satisfy. But when we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all of these things that we do have need of, he'll supply. What have you brought with you? What have you brought for the king of the kingdom to use? Whatever it is, no matter how small the devil has convinced you that it is, bring it and offer it to the Lord and watch him do the miraculous in your life. They don't need to go away. You see, I believe Jesus would tell us the same thing today. I believe that we are about to encounter a different dimension in this church and all across this nation of people coming to Jesus, hear me, yes. who don't look like us, who don't talk like us, who don't have a background in the Bible, who don't know anything. But God is sending them to us. Yes. And we better not say, Jesus, send them away. Because he's going to say, you give them something to eat. You tell them about the Lord. You share the gospel. You give them your testimony. You do what you can. You bring what you can to the table. Watch God. The multitudes are hungry. I sense that in my spirit. The Lord is telling me that. The multitudes are hungry. But what will we do with that knowledge? They want Jesus. They just don't even know they want Jesus. Are you hearing me this morning? And what we cannot offer them is an empty ceremony. Empty words that will never satisfy. We cannot offer them video and lighting and cutting edge music while I like all of those. That is not how this revival started. It started with simply singing a song. No music. And people hungry enough to ask God to show up. Show up. All of those things won't satisfy. They don't need entertainment. Who will give them the bread of life? Who will give them 
the bread of life. We have the answer. We have what will satisfy. Got good news for you this morning. Good news for you if you are a Christian. Good news for you if you are not. If you are not saved. I've got good news. Hear what the word of God says about hunger and thirst. From many different places. At the great feast the Bible tells us. And John 7:37, Jesus said to the crowd that had gathered, Let anyone, look at your neighbor and say, anybody. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Matthew 5, 6, Jesus said in that great sermon on the mount, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they might be filled. Be filled. Psalms 107, 9. For he satisfies the thirsty and he fills the hungry with good things. Huh. Isaiah 44, 3. Hear this. This is what I believe God is doing. I believe this is fulfillment of this passage. For I will pour out water on the thirsty land and streams upon the dry ground. Hear this. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring. Mm. Hallelujah. And my blessings upon your descendants. Just like in Acts 2. Peter describes it as this is what was spoken of by the prophet Joel. In the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons, hear me, and your daughters shall prophesy. But it didn't leave us out. Didn't leave me out. I don't know if you consider yourself old or not. When you're old men, you're going to dream dreams. Young men are going to have visions. Even the servants and the handmaidens, our God is going to pour out His Spirit upon those who are hungry and thirsty. I'm hungry. I'm desperate. I'm thirsty. I need more of Him. Less of 